Hi, you're listening to After Dinner Conversations, short stories for long discussions. What that means is we get short stories, we select those short stories, and then we discuss them specifically about the ethics and the morality of the choices the characters and the situations put us in. Uh, why did you do this? What makes you do this? What makes us good people? What's the nature of truth, goodness, all of that sort of stuff? Uh, and hopefully we're all better, smarter people for it and, uh, and learn a little bit about why we think the way we think. So thank you for listening. Okay, and welcome back once again to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussion. Uh, I am your co-host, Colby, here with Sarah. Hi. And Jeremy. Hi. Hello. Uh, and we are doing yet another story. We're two, uh, two stories in a row as opposed to our six-month break we had there for a while. This one is The Growing and Weeding of Dandelions by Tim Sharp. Uh, like and subscribe, let your friends know. We also have a companion podcast that's just a podcast of audiobook readings. So you can actually listen to these being read uh, by volunteers that work with the publication. You can subscribe to the magazine. It's now a print and a digital magazine. Get it mailed to your house every uh, month in, I think, like 20 countries now. Yeah. Um uh, and this is a story from our December 2020 magazine. So I go really quick at the beginning here because I don't know if you guys listen to many podcasts. I listen to a fair number and I keep track of how long I have, like how far do I have to skip forward before the podcast really starts? <laughs> and it's usually like four to seven minutes. And I'm like, what? Like We can beat that. Right. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like I don't. I didn't like. I'm sure you spent a lot of money on your fancy intro. I don't want to hear four minutes of your intro before the podcast starts. Uh, all right. So I did the last one uh, that we did. Do either of you want to cover the growing and weeding of dandelions, or you just want me to do it? No, you can go ahead. Okay, Sarah. Oh, Sarah, did Let's you want Sarah. to do it? Uh, I'll join in with you, Colby. Okay, correct okay. me. How about that? Because I frequently make mistakes. Well, how about I'll start. Okay, you start, please. <laughs> so, this, do we already cover the author? Yeah, Tim Sharp. Okay. So, um, in this story, there's a ship full of people. Full of people. They have a spaceship, been spaceship, by the way, not like a ship yes, ship. Sorry. Yeah. A spaceship full of people. They've been growing this population for generations as they travel from one star system to another. And they think they have found another planet that is empty to colonize. So their whole thing is to um, continue the human race mm. by finding empty planets to colonize. And so they think they found another planet to colonize. But as they're closing in on this planet, they are receiving radio signals from it. And right, they're the like, directed radio signals. Somebody directed trying to communicate. radio signals. They're like, oh no, there's already life on this planet. Mm. So we can't just come in and drop our colony, which is what they have apparently been doing for generations and generations. They said like a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like the idea is like they go to a planet, drop their colony take resources from the planet to continue to repair their spaceship and regrow their population, grow their population, um, feed people. Mm -hmm. And 
it's something like 400 years between planets. I think it was six, th- six, six or seven generations, I think is what they said. Yeah. And so now they've arrived on this conundrum where they've encountered a planet that is already populated. Right. So they're trying to figure out what to do. And, and, so, and they can't just go buy it because the population of the ship has continued to grow and their resources have begun to dwindle. So they sort yes, of right. time it. They time it correctly, right? Where they leave with resources but few people, and then and over an six or seven ship. generations, they have a full ship but few resources by the time they arrive. Exactly. Yeah. So they can't just bypass it and go to a different planet because of the space between habitable planets. Right. Yeah. So they have this conundrum: like, do what? Like, we're going to sacrifice our own people. To leave these people alone, or do we a wipe these people out and take it over mm-hmm. because we know we're technologically advanced? Yeah, don't they say that they're the equivalent of like the early 1900s? Is what they were thinking because right. they just discovered radio, so right, right. That's what their technology level is, right? Or b try to cohabitate, cohabitate. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they even argued something like. You know, and we figured out how to get along, you know, thousands of years ago with other people. So we know we can do this. Right. Which struck me as odd because they're also just talking about wiping them out in the same conversation. So clearly you really haven't figured out how to get along right. with other other people. Or right. see, just sacrifice themselves, move on, hope they find something better yeah. or are able to figure this out. Yeah. So... That's the whole conversation. So this whole story takes place inside of like a conference room. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's having... like executive officers or something. Yeah, yeah. leadership. Yeah. And they're trying to. One of them floats the idea of putting up for a vote, and they're like, "You can't put it up for a vote with the colonists because they're going to vote to colonize, right? Because they want to get off this boat, like they want to get off this ship and colonize. Yeah." Because they're already living in really tight quarters with limited resources. Right. And more limited every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know and how I, this hasn't I, I been. I love a... how the story ends. Oh, I don't even remember you... how it ends. I think it ends with like, they don't know what they're going to do, I thought. Exactly. Right. Oh, okay. They don't know what they're going to do. Which is, so. right, a good way to present this story. Yeah. Like, it like literally leaves you with the cliffhanger question. What would you do? Yeah. yeah. They're like, the captain is like, settle in, go get a change of clothes and some coffee, because we got to settle in and figure this out. How many days do we have left before we can bypass this planet and move on or intercept this planet? Uh, Get a change of clothes and Mm -hmm. some coffee, because we got to figure this out. So I will say, just to go to your point, it sounds like you liked this story as well. Uh, I will just mention (laughs) that, so uh, there's there's a thing called the Pushcart Prize. Where the only, you can't nominate yourself, only the magazine, the literary magazine that published you can nominate people that it's published. And it's limited how many people you can nominate as a literary magazine. I think you can nominate like four or five. Uh, so for 2020, this was one of the four or five that I was like, yeah, no, I'm nominating this one. This was really? like, yeah, this was one of my choices for the year. Uh, I don't, the other one, I don't remember what the other ones were. I think one of them for 2020 was like Bill and the Tooth Fairy. I think another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think another one was the one about um, uh, Roosevelt, Teddy and Roosevelt. I think was yes, another one of the ones. Too. 
And this, I think, was also one of the ones I nominated. Well, I feel so privileged that I know all of the stories that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you're giggly. Is that just the wine? Or did you like this story quite a bit as well, Sarah? It's not wine. It's vodka. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> um, I like the question this poses. Yeah. Um, I like the question posed more than the writing, truthfully. Like, I thought the writing was functional. But I thought the question was, like, inspired. So when you're a colonizer, and I mm-hmm. like that the one character, what's her name? She's a name. I don't know. Anna. Anna? I think so, yeah. Um, she was the major She's one. really being like... You can't do this. You cannot you do, this. do this. You're proposing genocide. Yeah. yeah. And the... There was a Sorry, line. Really there, there was a line in there names. that somebody said. The, the names all blended together to me. Like the con. Like I really. This we, is one of my, this we don't spend I, enough we're time. We're literally talking that. about our families yeah. and our children. Right. And it's um, it's more than just like you're on a boat in the ocean. This is like there are four hundred years between you and the next mm-hmm. port. You are all going to die yeah but the alternative is wiping out a civilization yeah right. um i would like to think that would be on anna's side and be like no we don't do that that's not what we're there in the business of we don't kill people but like if i'm looking at my kids mm-hmm. so it's that's where the story is like an interesting thought process like what you do yeah so i will just tell you i thought about this one a lot i mean because you know like obviously i read these stories quite a few times and i hate to say this i would i'm on the side of genocide and i know that makes me a horrible human being I and I know that too when and I, I, right after I read the story and I was yeah. like I'm a terrible person because I'm on the side of and like I, and and here was so, my here was my reasoning ahead. but I'm curious to hear y'all's reasoning. My reasoning was this is that at the most basic level you have a right to exist. And I think but so do you the have a right on to exist. planet. Sure. But but I think you also no you're right. But As I think the you all said they're but, not people, they're aliens. Right. But I think But also just being born there doesn't make it yours because he was born on, on a the ship. Right. Yes. Like yeah. he was born on a patch of space. Yeah. However many light years away. And that doesn't make that patch of space hits. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. This like is somehow hard. somehow this like possession possession is genuinely. like nine tenths of the law sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like, we own it because we're here, not because we own it. This was a genuinely hard question. I I'm amazed this isn't a Star Trek reason. episode, by the way. This is totally could be a Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, they even talked about starting a intergalactic federation. Yeah. Like, if we can just join up with these people and, like... And, right, create there could be, something right? bigger. Yeah. No, and I would say I'm on that side that they should try cohabitation. However, what I really come back to with this story is... Uh, any story that talks about human colonization. I really come back to Agent Smith's thing about humanity is a virus. Oh, yeah. You know, we just consume everything. To the limits of the resources. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and that's so what, and that's what they're that, doing too. Yeah. I mean, they are behaving Absolutely. like a virus. Yeah. Well, and they even said like, we could take the resources that we need to move on from this planet, but it would bankrupt a civilization. Right. When our original plan was to leave somebody and take what we needed, but the people that we're leaving don't need all of that. Yeah. So it's proportional yeah. what we're taking versus what we're leaving if it was yeah. an empty planet. I also thought it was an interesting thing of saying like, well, we could leave some people and they could try and cohabitate. But then the argument was like, once we keep flying past, they're like, on their own. yeah, they're on their own. And if the civilization decides to turn on them, they, they can't defend themselves against an entire planet. Like, so cohabitation, even if you want to take that route, carries risks of, you know, Okay, I think I'm on the side of the person who said, let's stay. All of us stay. We stop here. Yeah. And then we can support this colony wow. in space. That was my least, that was, that was option, that was That's, my bottom option. And really? Here, let, let me give you my reasoning and I'll tell you why. So, you know, Polynesia, over a period of several hundred years, they would get in little canoes and they'd island hop. What if somebody was like, yeah, no, this is far enough. The island hopping would have stopped. And like, is would would you say that that would have been the right choice for them? However. They do address that in the story, though. They address it a little, but also, if they do get established and they're fine cohabitating, they can eventually leave again. They have the technology to rebuild or rebuild oh, their the, ship. I to, got the impression that once the oh, ship they stopped, say, that right. was it. Yeah, because once I, they, I, so I didn't orbital, catch that. Once they sort of break, they once they break speed, the, yeah. Eh. I think that was before they reached the planet. Right. Okay. We can't just stop here and like regroup. We have to keep going. Yeah. Because right. okay, no, but I'd say they, eh, yeah, that I would say that's a red herring, and if they have the technology to leave once, they have the technology to leave again. All right. So I I think they're wrong with that. But All right. okay, but I didn't I didn't get that other story of the but, from this yeah. story. Right. But if they stop, they're stopped. If they stop, they're no, stopped. No, but I, th I think that's the best solution is they have to stop and support the colony and make sure the wow. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, you're you're on the stop and support the colony. I just uh, I can't. I mean, we can't know what happens once they show up there. And, and that's the, the beauty of it. Down there does. Yeah. That's the beauty um, of the story. But let's pretend for a second that you get there and the population down on this planet is like, all right, cool. Fine. What is that? Finger guns? What are you doing there? <laughs> like, yeah. fine. Party it okay. up. Um, oh, it's a party have, it up. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we have new advanced technology and we welcome the invaders. Yeah. Um. We welcome our new overlords. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's enough of them to be overlords. overlords. That's why they can't just leave them there. Right. Yeah. Like, maybe the people on the planet will understand that we just can't leave because right. it's 400 years between us and the next planet. Yeah. But, so so let me throw this. Let me throw a kink into both of your things. And this is just to explain my reasoning. I. I don't disagree that you're taking the moral high ground here. I agree that you're taking the moral high ground. Can you think of any instances where an advanced civilization interacted with an inferior civilization 
and the, the and, uh, and it worked out fine. Right. Survived. Well, yeah. give me an example of what you're talking about. Um. Uh. Let's take. That's not all, a racist all, one. Let's no. Let's take of all of North America. Like yeah. Native Americans got the short end of that stick. Um. You know, people in Brazil got the short end of that stick. People in the Caribbean got the short end of that stick. People in Africa are still suffering the sort of remnants of the problems created by colonialism. So if you uh, say that, then I'm on the side of leave the people alone and kill yourself. I mean, the right. best version of this you, I could come up they with. they already got other colonies on other planets. Yeah. I mean, the best version of this I could come up with would be the example of Hawaii, right? Where just a bunch of white people come in and drive up land prices and Hawaiians live on a place that they can't afford anymore as sort of, you know, tour guides. Uh, I'm oversimplifying, but you get my point, right? Like, yeah, it's a, that like Hawaii's is the best case scenario that like history has shown us. Um, or maybe, and then and it's well, not. Then I'm on the side of like keep terrible. driving, like, and it's not a good and, it's, and just move on. It's yeah, and it's not a good <laughs> right. case scenario. That's my point. Okay, so now you've gone from stopping and commingling to driving by. I can't get on the side of genocide. But, okay, so let me go back. I never finished my thought. Okay. So, doesn't a uh, being, a sentient being, whatever, a person, don't they have the right to force their existence on their surroundings? So, like, so, like, let's Says say. the virus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but isn't that, like, the very nature of what it is to be. Alive is to that you have an inherent right to do the things necessary to exist, whether that's a whale eating millions of plankton. Uh, I mean, that's a genocide, or that's um, a civilization. Yeah. Like, if they had an option B, like, then okay, I'd be like, you know what, like, don't don't hurt someone else because you know you want like uh, you know styrofoam um or something but they really make it sound like flying by is probably like more than likely a death sentence yeah um maybe not but probably and so in that sense i'm just like do you don't you have a right to force your existence on others no no okay no. i don't think i can get on the but aren't you? The, aren't I, yeah, you the benefit? Okay, well, so I'm, 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 before I, I let Sarah okay, off the on. hook, I'm, before I let Sarah off the hook, <laughs> aren't you the result of that very philosophy? Like you, as Sarah, are sitting there existing because Neanderthals don't exist, because sure, hundreds of other but species you're don't exist. Me to make the choice as the captain of the ship. I never had that choice as the captain of the ship that you're talking about. Sure. So now if I'm being asked, wipe this planet out so that my genes can yeah. continue, knowing that, and they say in the story that there are other planets. Yeah. Like we've already colonized many Hundreds, other planets. Yeah. Many, many, many. Yeah. yeah. This is a risk that we embarked on this exploratory mission knowing that we were going to take. Mm. Um, Jeremy just keeps saying, yeah. <laughs> I, 
that I yeah. can say, let's wipe out the population of the planet so that we can put down our roots. I think cohabitating is the only responsible option. Cohabitating or death? That the ship has to stop and support the colony. All right, so Jeremy, you're on the stopping side, and Sarah, you're on the flying by side, and I am no, on the I'm, ge- I'm on the, the stopping side, side too. Oh, okay. <laughs> but if stopping is not an option, I'm then you gotta, gotta fly by. Right, yeah. You can't. You can't mm-hmm. wipe out the planet. When okay, so Colby, if you're if you're saying that this was part of the risk that they accepted, that eventually they can't move on. I'm saying it's part of the risk that they accepted. So, is it this... The indigenous people, is it their job to bail them out? By being wiped out? To allow them to move on? No, they should fight back. And they should try and kill them all. No, no, I totally think... No, no, they they should try and kill the invading aliens. Hi, this is Colby, and you are listening to After Dinner Conversation, short stories for long discussions. But you already knew that, didn't you? If you'd like to support what we do at After Dinner Conversation, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash afterdinnerconversation. That's right. For as little as $5 a month, you can support thoughtful conversations like the one you're listening to. And as an ad incentive for being a Patreon supporter, you'll get early access to new short stories and ad-free podcasts, meaning you'll never have to listen to this blurb again. At higher levels of support, you'll be able to vote on which short stories become podcast discussions, and you'll even be able to submit questions for us to discuss during these podcasts. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being the kind of person that supports thoughtful discussion. No, they should fight back. And they should try and kill them all. No, no, right. I totally think... With, uh, no, no, so, they, they should try and I kill the invading aliens. And if they're successful, good, good on them. Right. So yeah, that's why I don't think that it's not the genocide option. They have to try the cohabitation option. Look, we're here. We have nowhere else to go. Throw yourself in the mercy of the court. Yeah. Oddly enough, we're actually about to publish a story that's very similar to this from the other perspective. And I can't think of the name oh, of it, but I think it's in the yeah. January 2022 magazine. I think I just did the layout for it. Uh, and it is uh, that, like, it's from the perspective of the first contact person on Earth. And the aliens come and they're like, look, uh, we're a real estate development company. And uh, and there was a bidding war for your planet. And, uh, and we, we need to. It. Yeah. And we won it. And we, I've been assigned, it's like the pre-delivery people. It sounds like Hitchhiker's Guide to the and Galaxy. It is very similar. And the, <laughs> and the story is they basically are like, look, and I've been sent here because- To uh, evict no, you all. Not to evict you, but to get your planet into a condition so that it's technologically advanced enough for us to even want to move in. Oof. And so they basically are saying like, hey, you've got 8 million people on Earth now. With our technology, you can support 40 million. So we're going to move 32 million people. 32 billion, excuse me, people in, aliens in, but uh, you've got 10 years to take our technological advice to get like your energy problem solved, to get your water reclamation problem solved, because we're coming with 32 billion people. Wow. Um, And the person on earth is like, what if I say no? 
And they were like, well, that would be bad for you. Um, so it would definitely be in your best interest to say yes, because like, look at all the technology we're going to give you. We're literally going to give you like a thousand year technology bump uh, for your planet. You really wink, wink, want to say yes. Um, <laughs> and so it's interesting that we actually have almost the exact same story from the other perspective that came like, like 13 months later, 14 months later, it got submitted. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. And oddly enough, in that story, I think, because we'll discuss it someday, I'm on the side of allow them to come because given the choice between fighting a technologically advanced civilization and being subjugated and like still existing, better to go with subjugation and existing. Survival is the more important. Right. Like existence is the more important. Better to be subjugated than exterminated. Got it. I see where you're going with this. And I feel like that's the same answer here. You got Shit. me. No, I think I just talked myself out of it. <laughs> no, but like I was just saying like kill yourselves rather than subjugate this whole. This cohabitation is the better option. If if a cohabitation is not an option, kill yourselves. Yeah. Do not wipe out this whole planet. I don't and know. I might still you were fall just in the saying. Way. Yeah. If my choice is being wiped out or subjugated, yeah, because yeah, and, and I kind point, of I, agree with you yeah. on that. Oof. But I also think you're right. This is the risk you accepted by joining this mission. Yeah. That you we might run into a planet that is already full of people, and or we might run into a situation where there are no habitable planets, and we're all just going to die. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that's part of the problem of being on the ark. Yeah, yeah. Great story, man. It really is. <laughs> it is. It's just a super, and it, it's it's and interesting. I love the way it ended because when yeah. it ended, I was just like, "Buckle up," because we got some things to talk about. I was like, yeah. "Great ending." So, <laughs> so, one of the questions that they we didn't talk much about. I'm just curious to hear your opinion. Uh, what do you think about the idea of putting it to a vote? Mm-mm. No, I think she's absolutely right. You put it to a vote, you are voting for genocide. Or you're voting for colonization, because that's what we're here for. Yeah. Sure, but... But... I mean... Even you if you never know... You leave e the rights of a minority up to the vote of a majority. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never leave human rights up like that. Like, we don't <laughs> vote. Okay. Even in the United States, we've agreed on that. I mean, not currently. We're having problems right now, but... Yeah. So you think that that uh, that a small group of people should be making these life and death death decisions for potentially whatever the hundred thousand people living on this ship are? Um, what do you mean by a small group of people? The, the like executive staff. The executive staff. The decision. Yeah. They're not going to put it to a vote. Because that's their job. The people yeah, on the sure. planet have no are idea what's going on. Now, I'm not saying so, you put no, the planet people don't put it on to a vote. They were going to put it to a vote of the people on the ship. Well, right, the but what's the, the difference? Planet, they should also put it up to a vote to the people on the planet. Yes. If you're going to put up a vote, everybody gets to vote. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I didn't even think about them voting. <laughs> I was just, 
I was just taking the argument Says of, the colonizer. I, yeah. Let's imagine that in the civil rights era, we put it up to a vote whether or not black people should be allowed to vote. And we only allowed white people to vote because they were the only ones who were allowed to vote. Do you think black people would have gotten the right to vote? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, <laughs> like, I mean, you don't do that. I mean, technically, we that's how we ended up with the 14th and 15th Amendment is we did put it up. To, we just didn't let the South vote. Uh... <laughs> but, Wait, what? <laughs> well, that's how we ended up with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. The 13th Amendment was before the South re-entered. And the, Did we they, put it up to a popular vote where people voted? Like uh, the, states, the state, the state, state committee. Vote. No, no. The state's elected officials voted. But that's what she's but, talking about is citizens voting. Yeah. Um, I just... What, what you're saying is, and this is why I, I, I'm a very pro-democracy person, <laughs> is you're saying that a, a small group of people somehow greater, have greater moral compasses than a larger group of people. Oof. Good question. Uh, that's the whole point of representative like, Right, democracy. like if, if an executive committee is able to make this sort of moral decision, then why is it everyone isn't able to make this moral decision? And then, in which case, why don't you put it to a public vote? I really, right. okay, <laughs> I really so. want to answer that. Man, we're really, we're really talking about government <laughs> systems at this point. And, Everybody. you know, it's their job to make responsible decisions for long-term survival. And and you're saying, so you're saying ordinary people aren't as smart as people in charge? No. Okay, just check. I'm saying that the people so. in charge are supposed to be thinking, you know, your senators and representatives are supposed to be thinking about the long-term benefit of society as opposed to the short-term benefit of this specific vote or this specific desire. Okay. You know, and I, I feel like we've talked about this, uh, sure. you know, in, in other things where, like, right now... Right. You do what's right, not what's popular. Yes. You do yeah. what... You know, and if, if our politicians were thinking about long-term benefit to society as opposed to short-term benefit to their own pocket, yeah, we would have a lot different policies. Sure. We would see a lot different, you know, national policies. So the people in charge are supposed to be trained and educated to think about long-term benefits as opposed to short-term benefit to me. Okay. And they should be making decisions that are hard based on those criteria and not that just hard decisions. This decision, might... Right. Mm. You know, if you let everybody vote, do you want to live or do you want to kill all these other, you know, and that requires killing all these other people or the better, you know, or do we try to cohabitate? So when women got the right to vote, what, what gave us the right to vote? Uh, the 19th Amendment. Right. So if we put the woman's right to vote on a ballot for the whole population, do you think it would have passed? I don't know. Because women weren't allowed the right to vote at that point. Sure. Uh, in some states they were, but I understand your point. Um that's yeah, I don't know. Kind of where I'm going with this, like we don't yeah. really put these. So your the your thought is is that the people that are in charge have a greater level of 
maybe education or knowledge or responsibility than the person who like picks up your trash. I feel like in some ways that um, people of color and women lucked out in a sense. I think you need to go to the state fair. That's what I'm that, saying. You go to the state fair. Uh, that's that's and why you're I'm gonna... not down with this whole voting thing. Like I'm like, oh, I don't think. And that's what they say that in the story. Like, yeah. You don't put these things up for a vote because they're going to vote to colonize. So I'll tell you the reason why I, the one reason I don't have, I'm not in favor of voting. I, um, I think one of the burdens of leadership is the burden of living with the decisions that other people shouldn't have to live with. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So, so, so let's say that they voted for genocide then the entire ship has to know they voted for genocide. And if just yeah. a few people voted for it, then everyone else can be can get the benefit of it, but be absolved from the guilt of it. By the way, before I get in trouble, I just want to make sure, sure I am not in favor of what happened to Native Americans, what happened in Hawaii or to <laughs> Aboriginal people, because it was not a life or death. I don't think any of it, us are, and that's it was why not, we're struggling it was with not, all of it. It was not a life or death situation. It's not like Europe was like, well, if we don't go here, we're done for. You had Europe. Yeah. You didn't need to well, go that, anywhere. That's part of the reason why I find this story so interesting that's and also so the difficult is because this is a life or death situation. Right. This is but not the European colonizer situation. Right. And the vote but they chose is to an colonize. Interesting question. You know, that's the the risk of this. Again, they chose to colonize. It's this wasn't a situation that Earth was no longer habitable. At least it was, or was it? They don't mention. No, way? they don't mention that at all. No, they don't. Okay, it was a. They they don't mention if it was if it was required or voluntary. I don't think. Um, you know what I like about this uh, hypothetical civilization that's on the ship is yeah. that they're even having this conversation. Yeah. They are not just jumping to wipe the planet out and colonize. They are yeah. actually having the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Which also I think, so my first thought was, how could you have been doing this for hundreds of years and nobody was like, hey, maybe we should put a subcommittee together to like just in case, like to put together a just in case right. plan. Uh, but well, it also I think, I think, I think the idea is, is that it was seen as such an impossibility that there was right. no reason to put together the committee. They'd never found it before in thousands right. of years of exploring. Right. It just didn't even occur they, to them it was possible. So this is your ship that's a sacrificial ship. I would want to know if there were other ships out there colonizing. Yeah. Hmm. And so sorry. You guys were the ones that found other. You don't people. think I, I'm just going to like give you one more. I, I, I think we're all pretty entrenched on where we are, but I'm just going to try and budge you one more time. You don't think it's a little bit you don't think it's a little bit hypocritical to say that you don't have a right to extinct something else to make sh to ensure your existence when you are actually the beneficiary of extincting other things to ensure your existence. That's personally? Yeah, like you didn't personally do it, but you're the beneficiary of it. Like if somebody else had made the decision that you're proposing they made, like, you wouldn't be here. I think that's a stretch, Cole. Yeah. And also, so here's a point. They've never found a, habita a habitated planet before, so you want to wipe it out? The first habitated planet they've ever found in a thousand years of exploring? That's not very Star Trek-y. 
That's a good point. I really like the <laughs> moment in the story where she's like, we have an opportunity to start a federation of planets right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that's that what you'd like to, That's story. what you would like to have happen, right? So yeah. that's what I'm clinging to. Okay. <laughs> you know, the one thing that none of us thought is there, I think there's sometimes this assumption that with greater technology comes greater morality. Uh, and none of us assumed that would be the case here. None of us were like, no, oh, no, I, they could peacefully coexist for the first time in the history of, like, humanity. Right. I, I don't. I, I think they are proving that by just asking the question, do yeah. we wipe these guys out? Yeah. They do not have a greater morality. Right. Or at least their captain doesn't. Yeah. Or whoever was, promo you know. Yeah. Whoever eventually got. Yeah. There was I a really line in there. that it ends with them yeah. just still asking the question. Right. I agree. I think that's, uh, yeah, there was a line in there. I can't find it right now. He says, I'm not suggesting genocide, but I'm not not, not suggesting, not suggesting yes, genocide. I had to read that a couple of times because I was like, is this a typo? I thought that was a really clever way to phrase yeah. it. Like, look, I'm not saying, yeah. but I'm not not saying. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Just want to bring it up as an option. Yeah, I'm just, just. <laughs> So we all are discussing the same stuff yeah. here. Yeah. Hey, I do I mean, want to, I do want to, I know we're getting to the end of this, yeah. but I did want to, this is very similar to a couple of books I recently read. Really? What books? Uh, that I, uh, that's what I want to, it's called Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Okay. Right? Adrian Tchaikovsky. Yeah, it's his Tchaikovsky. Yeah. <laughs> they were very similar premise, partially. Like uh, Nutcracker, Tchaikovsky. Yeah, but okay. I, I'll I'll send you the link. But it was a really good book. I would highly recommend it. Oh, cool, nice. All right, I stopped at Snow Crash. That was like the last book I've read. <laughs> uh, it's been a lot, man. I read so much for the publication. Like, I just I we never read. We only read for you, Colby. I know. <laughs> I never read anything anymore except submissions. Uh, it's a shame. I wish I read more, but. I only read plays written for high schoolers and your stories. <laughs> That's really sweet of you. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to mention before we call it quits on this? This was really good, no, though. No, I, I, I think we're uh, deadlocked here, though. No, yeah. this was a really great story, and I it love was, how deadlock it's left us. Yeah. I agree, because I think if we surveyed 100 people, I think they would. we'd find pretty even splits in the deadlock. I'd like to think that. But it might be that I'm the only one that just like 90 people would agree with you and 10 would agree with me. But I'd like to think that you'd find roughly proportional deadlocks among normal yeah. other people as I well. I think people would really like to find themselves on the side of not genocide. Yeah. I think they'd like to be on that side. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd love to do. There's so many of these things that we talk about that I wish I could do like a survey by like state and be like, how does Alabama feel versus California? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Right. Like, how does yeah. North Dakota feel? Like, I think that would be super interesting just to see how there are regional differences in a lot of these stories. But oh, maybe you need to start figuring out how to do polls, man. Something, yeah. man. I just figured out the TikTok yeah. yesterday. Oh, you figured out the TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I don't like it, but it's what people are on. So I go to where the I go to where the people are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that All TikTok, right. man. All right, hey, <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Like and subscribe. Thank you so much for the conversation, yes, Colby. Bye-bye.
If you've enjoyed listening to this, please like and subscribe. Uh, it helps us out a ton. You know, the vast majority of people listen haven't liked and subscribed, which means maybe it shows up in your algorithm, maybe it doesn't. So don't leave that to chance. Just go ahead and hit that button, and we'd sure appreciate that. And uh, that way we can keep doing what we're doing, and you're not left to the whims of some algorithm. Thanks.